purpose is transforming the world of work and business. Those leading the way are values-based and people-focused leaders who see business as a force for good. Host Kevin Monroe explores how tapping into the power of purpose infuses your business with meaning and touches the lives of your employees while positively impacting the communities you serve. With the Higher Purpose Podcast, here's Kevin Monroe. Hey, it's Kevin, and I'm so excited to once again, or maybe for the first time if you're a new listener, welcome you to the Higher Purpose Podcast today. It seems like I say that every week, and folks, it's true. I really am excited, and the goodness just keeps rolling in and ramping up. I've been looking forward to this episode and today's conversation for several weeks now. You'll hear more about it as we get into the conversation. But yet, we intentionally saved it for today. Let me tell you why. I want to thank you for all the kind words and the warm wishes for the 100th episode milestone that we celebrated last week. And that kind of ties into why we saved this episode for today. Why? Well, that's a great question. Here's the answer. Because today we're talking about gratitude. And I wanted to ground the second hundred episodes of the podcast by focusing on gratitude and ground not just this episode, but this whole hundred next episodes in gratitude. And I also want to say once again, this conversation is happening because of the kindness and connection of one of you. One of you listeners happened to be Marianne Kerr, who had the thought that you two should connect and tagged us in a LinkedIn post. You'll hear more about that when Steve and I jump into the conversation. So today's guest, Steve Foran, I'm not going into long, illustrious introduction. You're just going to get to know my new friend, Steve. Welcome, Steve Foran. We've been anticipating this conversation for several weeks now, and honestly, I cannot think of a better way to kick off the next 100 episodes of the Higher Purpose Podcast than what we are here to do today. So thanks for joining me, Steve. It is my pleasure, Kevin. I've been so looking forward to this, too. I love listening to your show. Oh, thanks. Thanks. So while the focus of our conversation, for you listening, the focus of this conversation is going to be about gratitude. And gratitude's the focus of Steve's work that you'll hear about in a moment. And something I'm sure you're asking others. So I get to ask you, Steve, what's something you're grateful for in this moment as we kick this conversation off? Two things, Kevin. This week in particular, I've just been very aware and intentional of being grateful for all the fathers, my father and the fathers and the roles that fathers play in our world, in our society. So I'm grateful for my dad and for all dads and for all fathers. And the other thing I'm grateful for is just the magic of this moment. When I was a little boy, what we are doing right now would be magic. To be able to do this and the fact that our paths crossed. Yeah for how would that happen, for all this to happen? And when I think, what did I do to deserve this, to earn it, it just happened without me. So I'm just ever grateful for this magic that's happening right now. So thanks. It is magical, Steve. And I said this in the introduction, but let's do it again here. I'm grateful to Mary Ann Kerr for the simple act 
of tagging the two of us in the same post on LinkedIn that opened the door to our relationship and then this conversation and the collaboration we're going to talk about today. So thank you, Marianne. What do you want to say about that, Steve? Marianne, thank you. I love reading what you write, Marianne. You draw me in, you draw everyone in in your writing and just the generosity of spirit in which she connected us. I don't think she had any idea of how it would impact either of us and just what we've been able to do since that connection. So So I just want to park there a moment and say to you listening, you know, the simple act of using social media for good and using it in a positive way. And then like Mary Ann, she just tagged. I don't even think it was, hey, you two need to know one another. There was just this tag. I've learned a lot from Steve about gratitude. Kevin, you talk about gratitude. And then all of a sudden, Steve, you reach out and we got to know one another. So (laughs) it's beautiful. So folks, you can use social media for good. And who knows the waves and ripples, that's something Steve and I've talked about. This whole idea of waves and ripples, that's what led to this. It was the waves and ripples of a comment that Marianne made that opened up the door. So, Marianne, we're grateful for you. So, Steve, I want to ask you to share with us, if you will, the backstory that led to you becoming, and I don't think you would use this word, gratitude guru. You're a gratitude guide. What, what was the journey that led to that? Yeah, thanks, Ross. That's the question I get a lot because my training and background is an electrical engineer with an MBA. So it's like you think you're going into you know some blue chip company. And what happened, I guess the I'm the oldest of five, which gives me, why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because responsibility is a big belief and value of mine. And if you want, essentially, I grew up kind of thinking, if you want to make something happen in the world, you've got to do it. You're mm. responsible. Mm. And I was always very positive. Kevin, I was so judgmental and was. I probably shouldn't make that was. I should say is. because, <laughs> Like if I saw somebody on the street panhandling, my immediate reaction, get a job. Mm. I've earned this money. This is mine, right? And the reason I'm telling you this because I thought I was this self-made man that mm. I had this, that my success, whether big or small, however you want to rank it or doesn't matter, I thought it was all mine because of my hard work and effort. And, I, and then I came to this gradual realization. It wasn't in an instant or a moment. I came to this gradual realization that it was as if my life was handed to me on a silver platter. Mm. My entire life was a gift. And I didn't travel to the developing world. I didn't have a tragedy fall into my life. And when that happened, when you receive a gift, you see your whole life as a gift, there's only one Hmm. appropriate response, and that's gratitude, right? And so for an engineer, that was just this, oh my goodness. And so I was in grad school at the time, and so I did my research on it. And then when I finished, I convinced my honey that I should quit my job and start doing this full time. (laughs) (laughs) And that was 12 years ago. Wow. Wow. And so 12 years ago, did you start your work around gratitude? Yeah, that's when I formally started the work in the business. And I had probably, because it took me a couple of years to you know, start, finish, complete them, publish the research. And so I would have been hosting conversations or just having conversations about gratitude for a couple of years prior to that as well, too. Mm-hmm. All right. So you've written a book. The book is Surviving to Thriving, The Ten Laws of Grateful Leadership. And 
that just was released just earlier this year. Is that correct? Yeah, end of February. Okay, so the backstory behind the book. So you started this work 12 years ago, right? And then just now, and I don't mean that critically saying just now, but you know, you've been doing this work for 12 years, refining these concepts. So what prompted the writing of the book at this point? Yeah, thanks for asking that. So the book probably was banging around in my head for six or seven years. You know, I hang around with a lot of speakers and authors and they're always telling you, you got to write a book. I don't like doing something because someone else says you got to do it. Probably 10 years ago, that's when I wrote my first book. My kids at the time, they looked at it. They said, dad, that's not a book. That's a book let. <laughs> it was 30 pages. I say it's harder to write something in 30 pages than it is in 200. But, but seriously, Kevin, I just felt that the time was right in terms of what I was thinking about gratitude and the whole subject area of gratitude to say, yeah, I think there's a book here to come out. And when I first started this, you think you're going to write like, 100 pages or 200 pages about gratitude? What could possibly be said to fill that much material? And I did a quick outline. And last year I said, okay, I want to do this and start writing. Okay, so you listening, folks, here comes honest confession. When Steve and I meet on LinkedIn, and Steve knew I did a podcast, and Steve asked, let me say it like this, I read a lot, and I have a lot of books sent to me. And many of those are unsolicited, and many of those go unread. Or they may go unread for a season. I remember one morning walking in my office, one of those nights I wasn't sleeping well, walked in my office 4 a.m., and there was a book that had sat in a stack for two months, and that book called my name that morning. I picked it up, and it was what I needed to be reading 4 a.m. that morning, and it led to a podcast conversation. But you asked, could you send me your book? And Steve, you did. And that was kind of you to ask. We just met on LinkedIn. And I went back and examined the email trail. The book arrived May 6th. And folks, I want to tell you this because what Steve just said, how can he fill a book, you know, 100 plus pages with gratitude? I kind of received the book like that. <laughs> and if you listen to the podcast, you know that I start every conversation grounded in gratitude. And I think or I thought that I understood gratitude. I thought I kind of had this all figured out, and, and I kind of thought, what can Steve Foran teach me about gratitude? That was the hubris, the ego that was going there. So I get the book. I read chapter one, and I enjoyed it, and there was good stuff. Honestly, I didn't find anything earth-shattering in chapter one. There was this sentence, paragraph I want to read, and it's what you already mentioned. When you see your life as a gift, your whole life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the crap that goes with it, there's only one appropriate response, gratitude. Mm -hmm. So that, first off, that you talked about the crap in life, I'm like, okay, I'm a guy that's experienced the good, bad, the ugly, and a lot of crap. Maybe I can read this. Then I skipped to chapter 10 because the title caught my eye, and here we are on the Higher Purpose podcast, and you had asked to join as a guest potentially. And the title of that chapter was Live a Grateful Purpose-Led Life. So I thought I'm going to read chapter 10 to see if I'm even going to bother reading the rest of the book or not. This is just, I don't know why I'm being so honest, but Steve and I've just developed that kind of relationship. And you listening, you know, that's the way I try to relate with you. So in chapter 10, I read a sentence that intrigued me. As we would say here in the South where I live at a whole nother 
level. If we hold tightly to the belief that we are worthy and have much to be grateful for, we create the conditions to more easily find the good so we're better equipped to deal with the crap. Now, at that point, I'd not read this in any other place, right? And I'm like, I'm intrigued. And we booked a time to talk. And immediately, because I'm like, yeah, I want to explore this more. And I remember, I look back in the email, the morning that we were going to talk, you sent an email, said, looking forward to our call, Kevin, the first of many, I'm guessing. Mm. I think that's what it's been, right? Yeah. We had these many conversations and I took your book with me on a trip to Canada and it was on that trip, folks. And I've told Steve this, that this book cracked me wide open in my understanding and practice of gratitude and set us on the path we're traveling. So Steve, how does my response compare to other responses? You Have other people said, ah, you're full of crap. You have nothing to teach me about gratitude. <laughs> well, you know, that trip to Canada that you took, yeah, you actually beat me out as a speaker at that conference because <laughs> I had also submitted to it. So it was obviously you were meant to be there and that's why I didn't get it. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. My best friend, his response was, wow, you lay yourself wide open. Mm, yeah. My dad who read it and he's been one of my biggest promoters and supporters since day one, when he finished it, he said, I need a journal. Mm, mm. He really didn't get it until he read the book in terms of wow. what gratitude, really the, the true wow. power that gratitude has for each of us, for you as you're listening here and you might be thinking, geez, you know, what could gratitude do for me? Yeah. And w whether you've got a, a sophisticated gratitude practice or whether you haven't even touched it before, but gratitude has a profound way to touch each of our lives. And Steve, that's what I want to echo that. Because as I said, you know, you listening, you know that I've opened the podcast for a long, long time with this gratitude practice. And I've had people tell me the need for gratitude and I've incorporated gratitude and I still do. I mean, every day I start and I have a gratitude journal and I write at least three things a day. And I think today I notice I'm up, I mean, that's gone on for, I'm up to 1200 and something in that list. So that's a lot of listing of gratitude. So what I want to say is we're going to talk about this book. And we're going to explore some concepts, but what are talking about it today is not a substitute for reading the book. I hope it's complementary to reading the book, that it complements what you read or it entices you to read, but it's not a substitute. So with that as a background, Steve, this hierarchy of leadership, let's talk about the hierarchy of leadership and these four primary points that you identified on the spectrum. Yeah, the reason that gratitude is connected to leadership, leadership is about influence, right? And if we ask 50 people to describe leadership in one word, they might say different words, but I want to say, just be with me for a sec, use influence. And I don't care whether you just, you know, get your first job at a corner store or a, a coffee shop, or you're the CEO of a Fortune 100 company, you are a leader, and how you show up as a leader is, it's a reflection of your mindset, right? And this is this mindset and the, this hierarchy of leadership is really mm. a hierarchy of mindsets. 
And I call it surviving to thriving. And, you know, surviving, striving, arriving, and thriving. And if I was to do a one word or two or three word description of each, you know, in the book, I've got big descriptions of what each is. Surviving is drudgery. You know, life is drudgery. Striving is hard work. And not that we don't have to work hard. I'm not talking about because we all work, but it's just this weight. Yeah. Just this weight on our shoulders that we're just continually dragged down. Arriving is this a good place to be where we're feeling like I have some enjoyment and generally satisfied in life. But there can be days where it feels like, oh my goodness, I'm back here. And then thriving is where life is like a playground. Mm. I mean, remember when you were in grade three and you played and just maybe grade two, whatever, just you were totally present. And you imagine that in all areas of your life. And, wow. and so it's this. We call it recess where I went. <laughs> that, yeah, recess, recess was my best subject. <laughs> <laughs> so as you think about that, where do you spend most of your time? Where's your mindset? And you know, as you think about and reflect on your day in the last week and last month, which of those mindsets best describes you? And is it where you want to be, right? Because okay. gratitude is the thing. Two comments there. One, and I'm grateful for you sharing that and elaborating on that because when I first read Hierarchy of Leadership, I'm kind of like, okay, we're really talking about a hierarchy of life or the journey of life, right? I mean, so when you say mindset, we're talking about this. And then the other phrase, and those of you that remember, is about a year ago that we did conversations around gratitude based on the book, The Abundance Loop that looked at it from a journey from scarcity to abundance. So surviving and striving, we're in that scarcity mindset. There's not enough. We're barely getting by and we're struggling. And our mindset is consumed with what we lack. Yeah. And then arriving and thriving, get into that abundance, right? Those are other points on this spectrum. It is. That is bang on. It is. When we're thriving, we see possibilities. We recognize what we have. We see our giftedness. It doesn't make the crap go away. No, right? We still have the crap in our lives, but it reframes how we're able to deal with it when we have that mindset, right? Wow. Okay. You got to say that again. This is tweetable. So let me see. I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but gratitude doesn't make the crap go away, but you experience it differently. And then maybe it does go away. You're able to deal with it totally different. Yeah, yeah. So this isn't Pollyanna-ish to say, hey, just embrace gratitude and life will be wonderful. You will have no challenges in life. That's not the message of the book. Because you keep talking about crap in life throughout the book. I mean, yeah. okay. And when the crap happens, what is the mindset we need the most? Hmm. Which of those would you want to have when you're in the midst of a challenge, whatever that is, right? Okay, so let me ask, am I hearing you correctly that gratitude's a great practice all of the time in life? Okay, I'm just going to say it like this, but when the shit hits the fan, lean into gratitude. Is that what you're saying? That's when we really need it. That's when we need it most. We really do, and there could be situations that happen Like today, this morning, I got word that a friend of mine, her older sister died. Mm. And 
I know she's not grateful for the death right. of her older sister, right? And then that's not what we're saying is be grateful for that. But in this, where gratitude is about how do I find the good? Yeah. Where is the good here? Wow, I've got this supportive family around me. I have colleagues that'll reach out to me. I have a hope in a future because of what I believe in my sister's going to a better place. Whatever it is in that situation and gratitude, it doesn't try to just pretend that whatever happened didn't happen because we don't want to pretend that Lisa's sister did not die, but we want to be able to process it in a way, embrace it and honor it in that particular case. So, And that in every situation, what I believe I hear you saying, and I certainly believe that in every situation, however dark it is, however dim it is, good can come through it and we can find good as a result of it. We're not saying the situation is good, yeah, but good can come from it. So gratitude helps us find the good in the darkest of days and the most difficult of situations. It does. And the one other thing that if gratitude isn't going to work because of just the direness and darkness of it, you'd be able to find good then I just would throw out maybe forgiveness is the thing that we need to use because, and forgiveness, if you're going to use forgiveness, do it for you. <laughs> like seriously, because yeah. then whatever is possessing you no longer can possess you. You give it up. So that's the other way to find good in a situation if gratitude isn't going to work for you. Mm. Okay. So I'm just going to plant a seed here that folks sometimes I am going to find someone and we're going to host an extensive conversation on forgiveness. I thought I found a person last year and the conversation was so academic we couldn't publish it because we just couldn't get out of the head and into the heart. And forgiveness is a hard issue. But forgiveness is so important. Now, Steve, there's something else. There's so many things. I mean, I remember there were times I was emailing you, texting you because we got into a text friendship, calling you. Like, where the heck did you come up with this concept? Or this is so good. So the unrelenting force. Oh, yes. Let's talk about the unrelenting force because, I mean, as I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, this guy gets this. Because whether we're thinking whether it's surviving or scarcity or in abundance or thriving, whatever the labels you are on that scale, you can get to a point where you are experiencing abundance and thriving, and then what happens? It's funny you ask that. That's good. I was doing a session a couple of weeks ago, and someone said, well, look, I'm already thriving. I said, awesome. Here's why it's really important to keep working on this, because the unrelenting force is, it's Kevin, it's dragging you, listeners, it's dragging you. It's pulling us constantly down like a force of gravity back into survival mode. Mm. And the two big components to that force. The first one is negative attribution bias, which is just really a fancy way of saying, we as humans love to focus on the negative. Like we just are attracted to it like Velcro. And it was good from, you know, if you talk to anthropologists, they'll tell us that's why we survived. When we had predators around, that we would be their lunch. Our brains were so hyper-focused. If we heard anything that was negative that could cause us to not, you know, to be someone's lunch, we responded. And the thing is, as societies, we've evolved, but our brains are still evolving. And that ancient part of our brain, that reptilian part of a brain, 
has a disproportionate amount of control over how we feel. And that, boom, it'll shoot cortisol into our systems and just get us in a fight, flight, or freeze. And it's continually putting us back into survival mode. So that's why it's kind of like what Zig Ziglar said about motivation. It's like showering. You need it every day. That's what you do it. That's why gratitude is this ongoing practice, right? It's not that you get to the point of thriving and go like this person, check, I have arrived at the point of thriving. I'll just stay here. And I don't need to practice gratitude anymore because I have arrived at thriving. Life is now good forever. Just imagine for a second if, you know, maybe your boss comes up to you in the middle of the day and says, before you go home, I need you to see me in my office. Or you get a text from a client that says, we need to speak this afternoon. Where does your head go? What are you thinking? Oh, I mean, I am immediately thinking they are about to give me the biggest raise of my lifetime. They're about to say, hey, Kevin, you know, the CEO resigned and we just thought you You've been at the front line of, no, 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 right? I'm thinking, exactly. doggone right. it, I'm fired. Right. What did I do wrong? What That's I what people wrong? are telling me, right? So you start thinking about it. That is that unrelenting force taking you back into survival mode. And you feel it, right? You know, it's like, oh my goodness, what are they going to do? Am I going to lose this client? What did I do wrong? And when your head's in that mindset, right? Think of how does that impact? The relationships and things that you're doing. If you get a call from your spouse during the day, it's like, oh yeah, I don't know what's going to happen here at four o'clock when I got to meet up, right? It it totally changes how we respond and we don't operate effectively when we're in survival mode. Mm, mm. So I don't even know why I'm saying this, but just because it's in my mind, it reminds me, a favorite singer-songwriter of mine has been deceased for years, Rich Mullins, but he had this song, There's Bound to Come Some Trouble in Your Life. You know, so just prepare for it, right? Because that's the unrelenting force. Life is going to throw a curveball our way. And so, you know, it's coming. And then you respond versus react differently. So does gratitude allow us to be more resilient and responsive when the bad stuff comes rather than that negative reaction? That's what the science tells us, right? (laughs) You know, are the best predictor of living a flourishing, thriving life of, of any of the 24 positive character strengths of Seligman's model of PERMA, without getting too academic here, is building that sense of, of gratitude. And resilience is a component of living a flourishing, thriving life, right? And, you know, being able to grow through adversity and challenge and move through it. And gratitude is one of those things that enables us to do it and make sense of it. And it's not something that you'd say would bring us joy. It's something that has helped us grow and learn. Mm. And, you know, for listener, if I ask you, think of some of the biggest challenges that you've gone through in your life and think of who you are as a person today because of it. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. People just continually tell me like, yeah, because of this struggle or challenge that we had, they become values and beliefs that they hold so dear that they couldn't imagine their life without them. And they're they become defining moments for us. Defining moments that they see as gifts. And how, what's a gift? What's the only appropriate response to a gift? Thank you. Gratitude. Yeah. Right. So, Steve, there's this other big idea. I've already mentioned it in passing. And maybe your ears, you the listener, or maybe it didn't. 
But I remember, this is one of those times when I actually, I think I may have picked up the phone and called you and said, where in the world did you come up with this coupling? Because every time I see you talk about gratitude in the book, it's coupled with this. You are worthy and you have much to be grateful for. Let's explore that because I'm telling you, you listening, that is the moment when this book cracked me wide open. And to give you a little context, if you've been listening to conversations in episode 97, I had a conversation with Tracy Fenton and we talked about the connection between self-worth and purpose. Well, I was having these conversations with Steve around worth and gratitude before Tracy and I even connected. So it was all in that same period of time, but we saved this conversation until now so it could be 101. So let's explore this. You are worthy and you have much to be grateful for. First, Kevin, I want to thank you for just reminding me of the importance of that. Mm. Since you have mentioned it, ask me about it and and we delved into it. I'm really... (laughs) grown to understand how really important it is. I don't think I even understood how important it really was, but gratitude is another one of my values besides responsibility. And so is worthiness and Mm. worthiness in this sense of being able to contribute my gifts and talents. And so those are two parts of it. When you first asked me that, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times, one-on-one and then in groups with others. And I gave you two different answers the two times. So I'm not going to give you a third different answer, but I might bring both those answers together. The first, I'm not sure where it came from. I don't have the evidence or the proof to say it was from here or here. You know, maybe it was a divine intervention. Yeah, that was the word you used. Right? This transformative, sometimes, you know, as we're doing things, you just know when something comes out and you don't know where the source was. And okay, you've talked about being a speaker. We're both speakers. There are times that I've been in front of a client or in a group, and it's almost like you have that out-of-body, and I don't mean physical out-of-body, but you hear yourself say something that you'd never said that way before, and you weren't even sure you knew it yeah. until you heard yourself say it. So you kind of wrote this and had that experience. Is that what you're saying? Is yeah, that- it did, and because I know when I first started writing the book, that belief, right? And when we hold that belief, it enables us to be unstuck from a mindset of surviving or striving, right? Because what I see in our world today is so many people feel like they're stuck on this endless routine with not being able to escape from survival mode. And it's like there's this ceiling that's preventing people. And I call it like this invisible barrier. Yeah, yeah, you did. Right, And make that invisible barrier disappear. Or maybe better way to think about it is turn that invisible barrier into a platform that you can stand on. And when you stand on it, you think of the hierarchy going up, it enables you to thrive. When you hold on to the belief that you, I'm talking to you, the listener, you are worthy and have much to be grateful for, it opens the possibilities, right? To be able to thrive, to say, okay, there's good in my life. Now, When I say that, I say it because I truly believe every human being is worthy Mm. because they have dignity. Why? Because they're a human being. And two, I believe every human being has much to be grateful for. And when I say that, it's not like I'm saying, Kevin, you should be grateful because you live in a great country and you have food. Not as a judgmental belief that I have is every human being has that. And there's days 
And I'm not saying that I'm perfect here because there's days that we feel like there's nothing to be grateful for. Those are the days we need to hold on to that belief even stronger. Like the days that you feel like I've got nothing, hold on to the belief that I have lots to be grateful for. And then let's go looking for it because it's out there, baby. You know it is, right? We got to go looking. Okay, so here was my exact experience reading this book. And I'd finished this book on the flight to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada to speak at the event that Steve should have been speaking at, but they chose me. (laughs) I shouldn't have been. You were supposed to speak there. I know, I'm teasing. Folks, this was really washing over me. This, you are worthy and you have much to be grateful for. I mean, it just stuck in my head, like very few phrases that I've ever read in a book. That's why I love that. That's why Steve and I have become such dear friends, or one of the reasons why we're having this conversation. But I check into this hotel, I get room, and I remember it, 3007. And first off, I'm thinking, there are only five floors to the hotel. What do you mean? I'm on floor 30? No, no, no. They use four digits. So I get off, and I'm walking down. You know, you start what you do in the hotel. There's, oh, there's 3001. Zero zero two zero zero three, and then we got six, and then the next door there's no number on it. I'm like, well, that should have been seven. Where's seven? And then I'm walking to the next one, and there's seven. And as soon as I do that, it hits me. Ah, oh, they've put me in the suite. I open the door, open it up, and here I am in the suite. And I'm like, I'm worthy. <laughs> Much to be grateful for, rather than, oh, you don't really deserve this. Why did they give you that? But I was just like. I'm worthy and I have much to be grateful for. Thank you for putting me in the suite. It's absolutely true. Everyone has privilege. Everyone has different privilege and it doesn't matter whatever the privilege is that we have in life or whatever gifts that we've been given doesn't determine the value that we have as human beings, right? And so when we can receive it as a gift, it can remove guilt. Why do I have this? Because someone else doesn't because, you know, there's people who are starving in our world or whatever the case is. And, but the belief that we are all, you are worthy and much to be grateful for is powerful. I find it is powerful. So Steve, let me ask you another question. The benefits of gratitude, generic or specific? What social science has found 12 years ago, there was research on it, you know, about benefits of being grateful, the Today, the last three months, I haven't been able to keep up on all the advances in the field. It is every week we're seeing peer-reviewed journal articles on the benefits of being grateful, specific things like you know more social connections and more likely to achieve important life goals. Like grateful people are more likely to do that. They're more optimistic. They exercise more regularly, sleep more soundly. Mm. greater resistance to viral infections. It insulates us from things like aging, hopelessness, depression. You know, and there's a teaching hospital in California that did a study with patients after heart surgery. And, you know, they had one group of patients make a gratitude list every day. Another group of patients make a journal, just write about what's happening. Another group of patients don't do anything. They found that those that made the gratitude list Six months later, they did that for, I don't know, three months. Six months later, they go back to them. There's some blood marker in our blood. I don't know what it is. And the people who made the gratitude list have better heart health. Hmm. They hmm. don't know why. Like the social science and science around this, some of the cause and effect is there. How it actually happens, we haven't quite figured out yet. But you hmm. know what? 
when my parents were teaching me to be polite and say thank you and gratitude as a kid, there was no science on it. None of our parents knew any of this stuff. They didn't wait for the science to do this. They just knew this was the thing to do. And and I think the organizations that I work with, they're not going to, we're okay not knowing how it all works. Just the fact that we know that as human beings, we're hardwired to really respond to be in connection and communion with each other. And gratitude is one of the best ways to do that. All right. Let me ask something here. Let me ask a quick question. Hopefully we don't go too deep into this just in time. And there are other things we want to talk about, but what does this look like in business? I mean, you've done this for 12 years, helped companies adopt, implement, spread gratitude. How has that benefited one of the companies or aggregately multiple of the companies? What do you see happening, Steve? You see people that they don't do it to fix people who are broken, right? That's not why we do it, right? We do it to help people spend more time thriving. They they genuinely want and care for their people. Because if we're only going to do this for we need to improve our bottom line or make things more productive, it isn't going to work because people are going to feel used. But what you see is greater collaboration, you know, better empathy and understanding of people who are in the shipping department versus someone in sales. Instead of the we and the they, us and them, they see how their success is interdependent with each other and they have greater understanding with each other. And it doesn't mean that they don't have conflict. They're able to have conflict in a different way and they're able to deal with it and process it differently. And I was talking to one client recently who said, look, how do you measure this in organizations? And and I said, look, if you're interested in measuring it as we go down this road together over the next year, I'd be keen to do that with you. And then I was talking with the executive team. And one person said this, if we did that, wouldn't it cheapen what we're really trying to do here? And this whole conversation around why are we doing this? It's because we want our people to be the best that they can be. And we Mm. think this is one of the ways to do it. Mm. I love that. love that. You know, and as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking of Tyler, that is an avid listener to the podcast, messaged me a couple of months ago and said, hey, you know, as a result of this gratitude, we introduced it into our team meetings. We just start team meetings asking people, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? And they watched conflict lesson and they watch collaboration improve by the simple practice of opening meetings with gratefuls. Yeah. And that is the easiest thing that you can do with it. And even companies that aren't intentionally or knowingly saying, okay, let's do more great. I'm seeing that in companies that they're already doing that. There's a bunch of things you can do with it to keep it fresh, but it shifts the entire perspective of everyone in the room. And so if you've got five people at the table and one of them, say one of them's having a bad day because mm. all the crap, right? And unrelenting force is pulling us down and they're hearing gratitude, gratitude, gratitude that's coming with Odin agenda. Right. They're not saying, Steve, you should be grateful for this. And the person, it affects them. And so we help each other by doing this. So what Tyler's doing He's helping his people better cope and deal with whatever the challenges that they're having, both at work and at home, because whatever they're doing in the workplace, they're carrying it back into their homes and their communities and powerful. Absolutely. All right. So let me just ask a simple question. Can everybody, everybody listening to our conversation benefit from incorporating gratitude or increasing gratitude into their life? 
I think so. You know, it's really whether you've never done any gratitude practice or whether this is something you have been doing for decades. I believe we can all step up our gratitude and you can too. And when you do, you'll find new benefits both to you and those that are around you. This isn't just a selfish thing for you or I to do so that we feel better or anything. We're making our world and our planet a better place by it. All right. So Steve, there's something we want to talk to you about, you listening and invite you into. There was some point along this journey of us preparing, and we've kind of been planning this conversation, like I say, for weeks. And I just asked, I said, hey, Steve, what do you think about us hosting a gratitude challenge? Yes. Remember your reply? Yes. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I thought about it. The answer is yes. Yeah. So then that led us, we invested a good bit of energy, creativity, in structuring what we believe is a simple gratitude challenge, right? We could say, gosh, you know, you actually create a habit, some research says, in 66 days. So let's do the 66-day gratitude challenge or the 28 days, 30 days. Now, where did we land? What's the essence of what we want to invite you listening into? 10 days. Right. Just accept and be invited into a 10-day gratitude challenge that we believe is going to help you take your gratitude to the next level. And if this is something you've been doing a long time, this is, I would challenge you to even up your gratitude and to look at it at an even, you know, and this is a great time to mix it up and do something even more different so you can experience it more powerfully. Well, and that was an idea we took away from your book. And I say we, Christy Kern is one of my favorite collaborators. We do a lot of projects together. And Christy and I were talking, Christy helped me with the extraordinary experiment that we ran last year. We were talking about, you know, doing something. And then we landed on this gratitude challenge and you provided some resources. We're looking at that. We thought, yeah, this is an opportunity for all of us. And I'm saying all of us to amp it up, to take it to another level. So if you've never expressed, I don't believe there's anybody listening that's like this, never expressed gratitude for anything in your life. I just don't believe that. But if you've never had, a, you know, any kind of regular formal practice, or if you're like me or others, and you do it every day, and you've got some, we believe. And so I'm taking this challenge too, folks, you got to understand, I'm taking this challenge. 10 days, just amp it up. And do you think that something can really change? For someone in as little as 10 days? It can. You know what? It might not. It might not. It's possible that it might not, but it's also possible that it can. And it can happen. It's possible that it could happen in one day. And you know, what we're going to invite you into is something very, very simple, right? We're going to tell them, Kevin, (laughs) make it a list of what you're grateful for, right? And that's a short list. I mean, it's, It's a short list and we want to support you in this as well too and with some tips about how to do it. But these next 10 days on this challenge, if you've been making gratitude lists before, do it in a totally different way and just bring more intention to it. And I do believe that it can make a difference. And Well, here's what we hope. We hope, we're going to ask you as part of this, is to plot yourself on a scale, this surviving to thriving, we'll have a simple little place for you to pick a number between one and 10 or zero and 10, where you're at on that scale. And then at the end of 10 days, we're going to ask, did you move any? Gosh, I'd be blown away if somebody went from one to 10. 
I'll just put it out there, Steve. Here's what I hope. You listening. Here's what I hope. I hope that if you started at one, at the end of 10 days, that you are at least a 1.25 or a 1.5 or a two, and that it's whetted your appetite enough to go, huh, I'll try it for another 10 days. Yeah. And then another 10 days. And then all of a sudden, it's become part of your life. I mean, folks, we're not trying to deceive anyone, but we're just inviting you to a simple 10 days with the hope that at the end of 10 days, you go, I like this. I want to keep doing this. A couple of other things. In our conversation, we believe gratitude is better together. So we want to invite you to pair up with somebody or a group. If you already have a natural group, gosh, Steve, I was thinking about this yesterday, just preparing for this conversation. Gosh, what if work teams said, we'll take up that challenge, our work group, we're going to take up that challenge. And for the next 10 days or 10 business days, if you're doing this through work, even you do it on weekends, if you're doing it, but we're just talking to each other, just sharing what we're grateful for with this small group. I see you smiling, man. What's this doing for you at this moment, Steve? It's like that whole question, this idea of measuring it before and after came from, do you think 10 days, yeah. you know, you really can make a difference. And it's like, well, yes, but maybe not. And it's like, well, why don't we put it out there and invite people into it and see? The challenge, a challenge, right? This is not scientific. It's not the gratitude guarantee. It's not. It's the no. gratitude challenge. So you go to thegratitudechallenge.community. So this is a different web domain, but we're doing it there because we want you to be part of a group. Everyone that's doing this is part of a bigger community. We're all doing this together. So the gratitudechallenge.community, you can just simply register with your email and you'll be on the list. So the first challenge is going to start Monday, July 8th. If you're listening to this, as soon as it releases in the States, we have July 4th. So this releases on July 2nd. We thought, ah, let's wait till Monday the 8th. Starting the 8th, 10 days, every day you're going to get an email that's just a prompt that helps you think about gratitude that day. So Steve, there's another question. As we were talking about this, it could be very generic, or we even believe there could be a specific situation where you're stuck in, where you have experienced the unrelenting force Mm -hmm. in life. And folks, honestly, and I'm just going to be honest here. I'm going to say there are areas of my life where I see more scarcity than abundance at this moment. And I told Steve before we started, I'm going to place, my challenge is going to be in one of those specific areas of my life for these 10 days. I love that idea, Kevin, because, you know, I know... You wouldn't tell me, Steve, you should be grateful for the crap that goes on in your life as I wouldn't tell you that. I'm not saying that, you know, in you, Kevin, or you, the listener, you should be grateful for the fact that whatever it is, but those are questions that we need to ask ourselves, right? And so if there is an area in your life that you don't see as a gift and you see it more as like a burden that has been thrust on you, that might be the area for you to really focus on in this gratitude challenge over 10 days to be able to find what you're grateful for in that. And let me tell you what prompted this, you the listener. Here's what prompted this. We had had one of these calls, Steve, Christy, and I were on the very first one of these calls where we had convened to talk about this. And no sooner had I hung up and I was in LinkedIn and there was a post from my friend, Lauren, 
And we had just concluded this planning. Lauren's a friend from South Carolina. And the post, here's what she wrote. Thank you for keeping me focused on my gratefulness practice. I had a 180 degree about face in my heart about someone today. It was powerful, end of quote. So naturally, Steve, you and I are curious type fellas. I was intrigued. I shared that with you and Christy. I reached out to inquire if this 180 degree change came as a result of a generic practice of gratitude or something specific. And I learned it was specific. Mm-hmm. And that Lauren, you know, had been looking intently at a situation that was creating conflict and negativity in the work environment and began identifying elements and aspects of that specific situation for which to be grateful. And that's what led to the 180 change almost instantly. Yeah. Right. So here's what I know is that sometimes we're facing adverse situations and circumstances and gratitude may not immediately change the situation, but it changes us and how we perceive the situation. And that's powerful. Say that again, Kevin. Just that last sentence. That is powerful. Gratitude may not immediately change anything about the situation, but it changes us and how we perceive and experience the situation. I've said this to some friends. They've asked, well, gosh, Kevin, you look different. You know, have things changed? I'm like, I've changed. The circumstances and situation haven't changed, but I've changed. And that change tied to gratitude changes everything. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. So that's what we're inviting you into. And so however you want to participate with this, you know, we do. I mean, Steve, you even mentioned, gosh, do it with your life partner, husband, wife, spouse, whatever, you know, your life partner. Say, hey, let's do 10 days of gratitude or a small group that you're already connected with or, you know, your mastermind group, your office team, whatever. Are you excited about 10 days of gratitude? I am. I'm part of it too, Kevin. I'll design it up. It's easy to to fall into a complacency to think that I've got it all figured out, right? And as soon as we know that life's a journey, (laughs) and I'm looking forward to taking my gratitude practice to a next level on this. Well, and Steve, that's why we're even talking today. I mean, that's what your book did for me, right? I approached your book, as I said at the beginning, oh, I've got this all figured out. What can this guy, I could pull that USA crap. You know, what could a Canadian teach me about gratitude? I'm not, I'm just teaching folks. I don't believe that at all. But you know, I'm thinking, what can this guy teach me about gratitude? And Steve, man, you have, you have. So I'm grateful for that. So we've already decided that we're going to have another conversation shortly after the gratitude challenge. And we're going to kind of unpack some of that. But Steve, what would you like to say now that allows us to, you know, bring this part of the conversation to a fitting close today before we leave. You are worthy and have much to be grateful for. And my wish is that that belief roots itself more deeply in your life. Kevin, you, the listener, is that that belief roots itself more deeply in your life and in those that you touch, right? Wow. Because the whole idea of waves and ripples that, Kevin, you've been talking about on the podcast over the last while, this gratitude challenge, it's going to build on that. And you, when you go into your families and your communities to interact and how you show up as a leader, Mm. 
you will create waves and ripples because of holding on to that belief that you are worthy and you have much to be grateful for. Wow. And Steve, that excites me to think about the waves and ripples of this 10 days of gratitude, how far that might reach and the impact that might have in your life. All right. So for people that are wanting more of you in their life now, they don't want to wait for the gratitude challenge, even though they are going to sign up for the gratitude challenge. They want to learn about the book. They want to get in touch with you. And folks, if you're listening, I hope you know me well enough. I will not feature a book on this podcast that I have not personally read nor will I promote a book that I cannot say with confidence that you will be a better person for reading this book. And I can say that about surviving to thriving. So how do people get a copy? You're awesome, Kevin. Thanks. If you want to find out more about me or our work or the book, our website is gratitudeatwork.ca. The book is available there. You'll get, if you order it there, you'll get a personally signed copy. If you are at Amazon Prime, subscriber, you already get a free electric, you can read the ebook and Jeff Bezos sells it around the world on Amazon as well too. If you're listening from the outside of Canada, you're going to have a harder time buying the book on my website. It will own, I don't know why, but it, it only sells to Canadian. Send me an email and we can ship it to you. And if you use the discount code, higher purpose, we want to give you guys 20% discount on the book, Kevin. Awesome. Uh, if you use the discount code, higher purpose, all capitals, it'll take $5 Canadian off the price of the book. And uh, I'd be pleased to honor that with any of your listeners. Well, thank you for doing that, Steve. Thank you for joining. Thank you for expanding my experience and expression of gratitude, deepening it and enriching it. And I know I'm already seeing the waves and ripples. And folks, that's why we wanted to invite you into a challenge. We just didn't want to have a conversation. We together are so convinced and persuaded of the power of gratitude that I'll just tell you, I double dog dare you is how we would say it in the South. I double dog dare you to join the challenge because your life will change. It will be better. You'll move on that scale. And if not, then we can do a scientific study. You can be the study of why it didn't work. No, I'm teasing. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for joining. Kevin, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I love listening to your questions and being on the face-to-face with you on it has been really a treat for me. So thanks. And listener, thanks for being a part of this. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. And I would really love knowing what facets of this conversation, I say facets intentionally, like the facets of a diamond or other precious gem, what facets sparkled? and caught your attention as you listened. Hey, I hope, I truly hope you have discovered and are enjoying the benefits of gratitude, this increased resilience, improved health, less stress, restored relationships, as we shared from the story of Lauren. Hey, folks, it's real. And I also love the realism with which Steve approaches gratitude. Being grateful doesn't prevent bad stuff from happening to you and to me. However, it does invite you and me to ask, to even ponder, where is the good here in this, what Steve called, crap? Or ask what good can or will come from this. What a powerful question to pivot your attention and lead you 
out of dark days and difficult seasons. So let me ask you this. Where are you at this exact moment on this hierarchy of leadership, as Steve calls it, or I'd call it the hierarchy of life? Are you experiencing drudgery? And that's the survival mode. Are you all the way up experiencing life as a playground, thriving? Wherever you are on that continuum and whether you have an established gratitude habit or practice or you want to start one, please, please, please join us for the Gratitude Challenge. You can do that by going to the gratitudechallenge.community. Yes, that's an interesting domain, the gratitudechallenge.community, because we believe that like so many things in life, gratitude is better together. So join up, invite a friend or a group of friends, and participate with us. We'll be starting in just a few days. You'll get an email if you go there. And as always, you can email me at kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com. Let me know what's standing out to you. Or you can call me, 678-744-5111. Until next week, I invite you to live, love, and lead with purpose and join us for the Gratitude Challenge. Do you have a high-stakes initiative that is stuck, stalled out, or stymied, and you're not sure what to do now and how to forge a path forward? The situation is not as grim as you think it is. We can help. Contact Kevin to explore how a winning conversation may be exactly what you need to break the gridlock, unite your team in purpose, and accelerate traction. Call 678-744-5111 or email kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com. 